All right, welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And we are Ember Weekend. We're here to talk about newsy things and uh, and also stuff. Uh, I actually think uh, this is a pretty exciting episode. We have um, potentially potentially some news regarding our feed at the outro, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into that too. Uh, but we got a lot of uh, really cool stuff that we're gonna talk about. So um, let's uh, dive in. So the first thing we're gonna talk about is that I was on a podcast. Trainer. Trader? <laughs> no, we can we can collaborate. We can collaborate. Uh, we've had we've had. Uh, so this is. Uh, I was on the Frontside podcast, and uh, I was there with uh, Charles and or Charles Lowell and um, or Cowboy D on Twitter and Robert DeLuca, Rob Dell Twelve, I think on Twitter. Is that his age? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although he is listed as young JavaScript in on the the Frontside uh, Frontside website, uh, and uh, Mandy Moore who does uh, some really fantastic. Um, podcast editing um so it was really fun i had a really good time i actually think uh, it's, it's kind of funny like the 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 way that you know interviews kind of work uh, is usually you have kind of a warm-up period and we ended up talking for like 25 minutes in the warm-up period just like shooting the shooting the breeze or whatever and uh and that that ended up being really fun we're like oh we should really record this and it was it was too late and you can't recap it so um so we ended up uh talking about a bunch of stuff uh, one of the things we're gonna talk about uh again and we talk which is the uh the ember survey uh, which we're going to mention in a minute. Um, and then we also talked about some fast boot stuff and, uh, my new company, uh, 201 created. Um, and it was really, it was a lot of fun. I really liked the podcast. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Their podcast is always fun. It's uh, much less targeted than ours. So they have a lot of room to just talk about, you know, a bunch of, you know, crazy stuff happening in JavaScript that sometimes is out of our kind of wheelhouse. So um, check it out. It's, uh, yeah, I I found that particularly interesting too, because like I kept on being like, oh yeah, it's fast boot or whatever, and they're like they're like, oh yeah, you have to explain that. I was like, oh, oh okay, uh, I'm sorry. Fast boot is the server side rendering strategy for Ember or whatever. You know, you have to like kind of like give a little bit more context because it is uh, more broad rather than like Ember weekend. We can kind of like know that people have uh, some understanding of at least certain terms. They kind of know where we're coming from. Uh, so it's interesting. It's it's kind of a it's kind of um, a, a cool thing to keep in mind that if you want to uh, have a little bit of a broader audience, you have to kind of be a little bit more um, descriptive with uh, with what you talk about. So, anyways, um, that went live uh, this past Thursday, I want to say. So, um, so check it out. We'll make sure to have a link to it. The next thing I want to mention again uh, is that the Ember Community Survey is live. You've probably seen this all over the place. It's like all over Twitter. Uh, everyone's taking it. Uh, talking about it, uh, apparently editing the uh, the answers and taking screenshots and posting them up. They're really fun. I did see that. that was yeah, really that was. I was like, is that really in the survey? Like, yeah. no, no, really. The table flip is. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, <laughs> no, I was just you're, the 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 option to edit and add your own. Option. Okay, I was like, yeah, I uh, I need to I need to, I still need to take the survey. Obviously, um, I'm kind of like I'm like putting it off until I have 15 minutes to to spare and to like really sit down and give it some some time. Um, also, uh, we wanted to mention, uh, if you're at a company and you have a bunch of Ember developers, um, make sure you encourage them to go take this test, uh, or test, go, go study for this test. Go. <laughs> yeah. You got to study for a survey. Yeah, definitely. Right. Go, yeah. Encourage them to go take this survey. Uh, it really helps kind of inform, uh, everybody about Ember. Like it tells the, the core team, uh, what their, what the audience is, what people are using, uh, tells add-on authors, um, you know, who said, Hey, people are actually using, using their tools and, or that they, that people have a typical workflow or that they have certain number of years of experience. It, it really helps everybody know what the kind of overall, um, you know, field of developers looks like and, you know, what to target 
and uh, what, what's important. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if it's possible, that would be uh, cool. And I, I think the survey is a really cool thing. Actually, we talk about the survey quite a bit on the Frontside podcast about, you know, its purpose and, you know, why, why we're doing it. So I encourage you to check that as well. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is a uh, is actually kind of a callback to two weeks ago, I want to say, when we started talking about uh, Martin Schilstra's add-on for uh, asynchronous um, JavaScript loading for fastboot applications. So basically, if you're running fastboot applications, you get the HTML, uh, and then you make your JavaScript load uh, asynchronously, and that way you can show the HTML right away. And the time to first paint for that initial rendering uh, is uh, is faster, and uh, we mentioned uh, then that uh, Martin was working on a blog, and he has released it, and it's really really awesome. Yeah, I really dig this tool. Um, it's called uh, Lighthouse. That's the the first tool he goes into, um, and there's two different ways to use this. You can um, use it as a Chrome extension, or you can npm install it to to run it locally, um, and uh, it's gives you a lot of great feedback, things to things to target. It uh, seems like most of it's geared toward making it load fast on mobile, um, but it basically anything that you, any improvement you give to mobile should be carried over to desktop pretty easily. Um, and so it, it gives you just a, a simple metric of, you know, a zero to a hundred score um, of how well you perform. And in this blog post, he basically goes, uh, I don't remember, what, what was the starting point? It was like 48, yeah, 48. And he takes it all the way up to a hundred um, by basically adding service workers, uh, and getting the time to first paint um, down lower. Um, it's interesting that um, some of the things that happened with service workers, some of the uh, uh, things that he thought he would have a win on about caching and then didn't. Um, and then the, la- the, the the part that I took away that was really interesting and that I really want to try and pull into something like Ember Weekend just to kind of try it out is this uh, this idea of uh, taking only like the essential CSS to get like the layout of your page to kind of look right and putting that in the head of your document and then loading all the rest of the CSS separate. Um, and that got like their their initial time to render down to like, it was something like 1.25 milliseconds or something nuts. And I was just, I was blown away. Uh, and I was like, I was like, wait a minute, this is just asyncing everything. So it's just fooling the browser. So all they're going to see is a white page. And it's like, no, no, the the CSS, the, some minimum CSS is there. So that's pretty impressive, right? It's embedded directly into the HTML. Yeah, it's which which is really neat. Um, there's a word for this, like placeholder CSS, or pl- there's like a term for it. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing that like I think you were mentioning, like Facebook does it when mm-hmm. it's loading. It shows like you know kind of like the vague outline of like what posts look like, and I and, and that ends up like actually improving uh, the perceived performance of your website. So that instead of seeing like a blank white screen, they're kind of seeing like oh okay, like things are going to be in this general shape. But yeah, this th- I think this blog post was uh, fantastic for explaining like all of the different scenarios because and that's the thing that we were mentioning uh, a couple weeks ago is that um, it's not just like oh this is a win. Like here you go, here's a 100% this is going to make your thing faster for whatever criteria of faster you have. Um, it's, it's like, no, 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 under, these are this, these are the, the scenarios that we're, you know, testing against. And here are like all the different, uh, pros and cons, uh, to that approach. And I think that that's a really cool approach. And I love that Martin took so much time and so much, uh, painstaking detail into like, not only, not only doing the work, but also to like explain it really well. Um, o- overall, I think this is a fantastic blog post and it definitely makes you start thinking about using these tools to make your sites faster. So, and I know that's something that Chase and I are, are excited to start working on with regard to Ember Weekend specifically, just to you know start experimenting with some of these uh, tools. So the next uh, thing we're gonna talk about is a blog post by Chris Westra um, called uh, Debugging Your Assumptions 
or your your assumptions uh, Ember edition, and uh, it's a really cool blog post about uh, like a specific use case uh, where he noticed a a, fa a problem in uh, his application and then the steps he took to debug it. Yeah, and um, we, when we first read this blog post, uh, it it took us a second to really understand. Um, what was happening and what was, what was the bug that was being expressed. Um, but he luckily, like all good blog posts now, he has a twiddle. Uh, so open the twiddle, go through and mess with it. You'll in, in, instantly understand uh, what he's talking about. Because there's a lot of pictures and, and, and code, uh, but as soon as you click through it, you just, you get you get it. And, you, and, and then at the end, he kind of explains what he did as a fix. And you can just go into that twiddle and do it and say, oh yeah, that actually does fix the problem. Um, and you can play around because there's actually multiple ways to, to fix this. Um, and basically, the issue is he has a, um, a route that is an index route. It's foods, recipes is the way he's doing this. Um, and the foods part of it, the parent route, um, either gets a list of all foods or it, gets, um, it, it, will, it will return a specific one that you've clicked on. And in this case, he has Indian, Italian, and New American. Um, and, the, and rather than using slash IDs, he's using query params. So that throws another little wrench into this. And I'm not, um, I'd have to play around with it. I'm not sure whether you'd even hit the same problem if you used IDs um, and had, a, had like an index route versus a ID route. Um, and and you, but then you'd have to do something like foods slash one slash recipes um, rather than foods slash recipes question food ID equals three or something. So you, your URLs would change a little bit. Um, and the issue he's having is that when he click, when he starts off on all foods, he sees all foods. Um, but when he clicks one and goes into it, it adds the query param. It's now showing just that one food and its recipes. But then when he clicks back to all foods, for some reason, it doesn't clear out the one that exists, even though it properly clears out the query param. Um, and so it looks like it's navigating, but it's not actually working. And so he goes, basically the, uh, the, 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 the bulk of this blog post is how he debugged that. And it's about basically putting console logs in the right places and debugging, uh, putting debuggers in. And which is which is exactly how I would have approached it. Like like the yeah. way that he walked through it, I was like, "Yep, yeah, you look there first, and then you look there." And so I I thought that process was really cool, and like documenting it is uh is really neat too. Yeah, because the um knowing knowing which model hooks get hit at the right time. Like when I first saw it, I, I kind of assumed uh that he maybe was passing the model in rather than the uh, the ID. Um, but then it's like, well, wait, he's just using query params, and none of that's none of that's happening. His links don't even uh, use the model. They just the links actually just use query query dash param and just change the query param. So they should be hitting the model hook every time. Um, and the, basically, what's happening is that the when you when he, when he hits food all, it tries to pass a query param with a null um, that does not find a food. Um, so when the food gets passed out of the setup controller as the model. Um, and tries tries to uh, call super basically with that. It is undefined, and the the actual underlying uh, parent setup controller has a has a flag that like wraps it and says if the model is not equal undefined. It, it's kind of a weird thing. You have to you really have to read the blog post. There's no way we can explain this without you seeing the code. Um, but it it's one of those cases where it's like you have to know the underlying implementation in order to fix it. And the solution um, that he mentions and the one that, that I came up with was. Uh, you just in the route. You just uh, you if you don't find a food, you don't let it. You don't let the model hook return undefined. You return null, and that will right. cause this underlying flag to do the right thing, which is kind of annoying. Like you're 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 having to know how how Ember implemented under the hood. Well, so so here's here's my question about it, right? And this is the thing that kind of like threw me for a loop is if you return undefined from a model hook, why would setup controller have a specific case to like? 
prevent set from being called on the controller? Because my assumption would be like, yeah, you just set it to undefined. And like, I mean, it's a no-op ostensibly because if you like queried for the model, it would return undefined even if you didn't set it. But like, I don't, I don't necessarily understand that flag. So like, it, it is surprising to me that, that there is a differing behavior. Yeah, I, I would actually expect that um, that wouldn't need to be there at all. Yeah, we just set it, and then it's undefined, and that's ostensibly yeah. like a, a no a no op, right? It, it, it may have been like a performance thing, um, or maybe maybe even like a, a notification thing. It could be. I mean, it could be that it that like literally like the act of calling set will well, yeah uh, will change something as the page is loading or something, and yeah, and, and causes um, a double render or some something weird that you don't want. Um, it may be a pre optimization where somebody was like, well, if it's undefined, you don't even need to set it. Um, right. Not thinking that there's this case uh, that existed, um, because because it is a problem now. When you go to, you can't basically unset the model uh, of a, of the controller from setup controller in the route. And well, you 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 could because you have direct access to the controller in setup controller. So yeah, yeah, but you can't do it with super. Yes, yeah, you, you yeah, right. He, he ends up saying basically you just completely override setup controller and you don't call super and you just do it yourself and you do right. it and you and you don't do the the, the conditional the around it conditional. Um, or you have the route return null rather than undefined. Either case, you're having to know how it's implemented under the hood, right. and that you can't let it let it be undefined. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure. So this is going to require a little bit of historical like debugging or spelunking or whatever. But I'm pretty sure there has to be like a a pretty like normal reason for that because uh, code like that doesn't necessarily get put into Ember without just cause. So maybe it's just a as quick as a you know checking out the history of the of the hook and seeing uh, why it got added. Um, or maybe I think you even mentioned this, like maybe just like removing it and then seeing if the tests fail. Uh, yeah, I would, I would be, I would not be surprised in either case. Like if it, if it didn't fail, right. yeah, that makes sense. But if it did fail, probably would fail on a specific test that was testing that right. if you pass undefined, it doesn't get called. Yeah. Um, and that test, that test will have a big commit message that will tell me like why. Yeah, exactly. Like why it a, exists. There's a case so. where, yeah, yeah. Where so some yeah, bug it's happened. just a matter of, just a matter of putting the time in. But uh, but this blog post is really neat. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, hit the twill up uh, first. I feel like that's a big part of reading the blog post is you you really do need to open up that twiddle and kind of fiddle with it for a little bit before you start reading, uh, and then go through it. It's uh, it's pretty interesting, and I, I do like the idea of like you know really trying to take a step back and like reevaluate as you debug. That's pretty much the only way to debug like not just Ember code, but like a lot of different coding scenarios where you just have to take a step back and think about like, okay, what's, what's happening? What's the flow of my program and go through each step. So I really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, check it out. All right. And that's all we have for this week. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Ember Weekend, all one word, or you can subscribe to our feed at emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. Uh, that's been resubmitted to iTunes now, so we should show up hopefully. Um, yeah. Finger, fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we'll see you next week.